Hi everyone, good morning. Uh, it's great to be with you and it's amazing, isn't it? King's Church, we're so big and so buried and um, it's great to be a part of a community of communities and so I bring you greetings from the evening side community. Yes. If you've got your Bibles or a Bible reading device or app or anything of that sort, um, could you turn with me to Mark chapter 3? Mark chapter 3, and from verse 13. And he went up, this is Jesus, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach, and have authority to cast out demons." Earlier in this chapter, we'd seen how Jesus had called his now disciples, who were in their day-to-day jobs, in the norm, just doing what they regularly do, walks past them and says, right, follow me. And they gave up everything. They left everything they knew, everything that was normal to them, and thought, right, we're going to follow this man. We're going to follow in his ways. Um, And scripture tells us in the book of Isaiah that we all, like sheep, have gone astray, but God in his mercy made it possible for us to live life the way he originally intended by sending Jesus to take the punishment for our sins and restore us to new life and relationship with God our Father. And it's funny, isn't it? Everyone's always um, looking for a a way of life or a a way to live. And I know Kev preached a few weeks ago in the evening site and and also in Salford about following in the ways of God. And, um, you know, God created us for a purpose. He created us not just to wander around like lost sheep, but he is the good shepherd who comes to lead us and direct us in his ways. And we begin this journey of following him, um, this journey of discipleship, when we choose to turn from following in our own ways, whatever ways we've decided to go in, and accept his way of living life. And when we choose to make him Lord of our lives, we begin that journey of discipleship. And when Jesus called his disciples, um, this is what he said to them. He called them to himself, firstly, so that they could be with him. So before he called them to send them out to do all these things, he called them firstly to be with him, to spend time with him, to hang out with him. And so this call to discipleship, this call to follow Jesus, is a call firstly to be with him. A call to dwell in his presence um, daily. And now the presence of God um, is not an it. It's not an abstract thing that we talk about as though we can't touch it or relate to it. It's not an it. So say, for example, um, right now, Yanni, do you mind just coming over here? I know, he didn't tell him. So now Yanni's here. Right now, I am in the presence of Yanni because Yanni is here. And if you go away, bye-bye. <laughs> I'm no longer in the presence of Yanni. The presence of Yanni is not an it. The presence of Yanni is Yanni himself. The same way the presence of God is not just an abstract thing or a force that we try to manipulate or use for our own good. The presence of God is God himself present with us. 
And we see it here with the disciples. They were present with Emmanuel, God with us, the word of God in the flesh. And today, God presences himself amongst us by the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is the Holy Spirit, the, 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 the third person in the Trinity, the person of Jesus Christ, present with us. So it's not an it. And I love how the Holman Bible Dictionary puts it. The presence of God is God's initiative in encountering his people. So God takes the first step. God makes the first move and says, I want to dwell among you. I want to be with you. Come and fellowship with me. This is an invitation to be with me. And I've made it possible that you could be with me. It's always been his will and intention to encounter us. In the very beginning, he made man out of the dust and he breathed his very breath and then man became a living soul. The breath of God is what gives us life. And he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. They had beautiful, uninterrupted fellowship and this is what they were made for, to be with him, to walk with him, to be in his presence. An absolutely beautiful, intimate relationship with him. And we know the story goes on to say, man fell, decided to do things his own way, and his immediate reaction was to hide. Because of the presence of sin, we were no longer able to dwell in God's presence, because he is a holy, holy God. But God didn't stop there, because it's his initiative to encounter us. He continued to pursue his people, to pursue a people for himself. And he promised that he would redeem us, so we could once again live in fellowship with him. And we see glimpses of this redemptive promise all throughout the Old Testament scripture, all pointing towards Jesus, our Redeemer, God has always wanted people to, his people to approach him. And so what happens in the old covenant is that he gave regulation and rules and a way for people to do that. So if we read in the scriptures, the, he gave them the tabernacle and then to be the temple, moving on. And the high priest once a year would go into the most holy place and not without blood for his own sins and the sins of the people. Because remember, sin separated us from the presence of God. So this is God making a way for us to come back into his presence. And they, the high priest would go and he, they'd take um, two goats and they'd sacrifice one and upon the other, the high priest would profess the sins of the people and that goat would be sent out into the wilderness, out of the camp, and that was the scapegoat symbolizing the sins of the people completely being taken away. And then and this only happened once a year. And then he was able to go in into the most holy place. And we see Jesus who comes along as the perfect sacrifice. And Jesus was crucified and sacrificed outside of the city. He was taken outside and he bore all of our sins and all of our shame upon him. And he completely took them away once and for all so that we could encounter the presence of God. Jesus is our high priest, and he is the perfect sacrifice. And he enters into the most holy place once and for all. By his own blood, he mediates a new covenant, far greater than the old one, where we can encounter the presence of God and we can live with him and him in us. Hebrews 9 and verse 14 says, How much more will the blood of Christ, through whom the eternal spirit 
offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And we see when Jesus died, the curtain in the temple was torn in two, giving us free access into God's presence. And the next chapter, Hebrews 10 and verse 19 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy places by the blood of Jesus and by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. God is particular about how we approach him and that hasn't changed. But what has changed is is the method, is the how. Now we can approach him through Jesus through the blood of Jesus who made us and washed us completely clean, we can stand in the presence of a holy God. Now, um, when Jesus died, he made a way for us and he rose again and he, he had to go so he could send his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, um, to reside in us and to live in us, God with us. And we can then enjoy amazing relationship with God through the Holy Spirit um, because Jesus sent him. And David prays in Psalm 27 verse 4, one thing, very famous, I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. The presence of God was so important to David. The presence of God himself, not this abstract thing. God himself was so important to David that this was the one thing he set his heart after. God's presence was enough for him. And I really find it really, uh, you know, fascinating that um, God would so want us to be with him that he went through all the effort of sending Jesus Christ to die. And this is how valuable it is. Jesus bought us with his own blood. He presents himself amongst us because he loves us and he paid the full price that we may enjoy intimacy with him. We don't have to go through lots of weird procedures and killing goats and animals and sprinkling blood and we have free access and we can go with confidence to God and David valued this so much when he sinned and you know he fell away and he was and he's crying out to God and he says cast me not away from your presence whatever you do don't take your spirit away from me restore me to the joy of your salvation and create in me a willing spirit so I can teach transgressors your ways, so I can do what you've called me to do. If I can't live in your presence, I don't want to live at all. And that degree to which um, the, the presence of God and God himself is so much what we long for and what we exist for was exactly what we were created to be in the garden, walking with him day by day, fellowshipping with the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. And that only comes from a place of intimacy and love. God so wants to walk with us, and he wants to be with us. And he's always with us, as you know, God is omnipresent, and he's everywhere. Um, But we can grow in our awareness of his presence with us. We can grow in how much we 
interact and engage with him. And it's really, really simple. It's really simple. Sometimes we try and overcomplicate things and you know the word came a few weeks ago to go back to our first love and not overcomplicate things because he's with us. And I remember when I was a child and I would I would as I said this story before, I, I would pull up a chair and I was like, Holy this is your seat and this is my seat and we would talk and nothing's changed. Nothing's changed since then. I don't have to overcomplicate things because he's with me. He wants to talk with me. He wants to guide me. He wants to get to know me, and I get to know him. He's a person, not a force. And the Bible says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And we live in, a, you know, it's a, such an adventure when we can give ourselves to his leading, when we can give ourselves day by day to saying, Let's do this day together, God. What would you have us do today? Let's, let's take on this adventure. Let's go on this journey together. Because when Jesus called his disciples, he called them first to be with him, to spend time with him, to hang out with him, and to catch his heart. And the more, and I'm sure they encountered lots of fun times and quirky questions from the disciples, but I think Jesus absolutely loved it. Jesus loved being around them and, and you know, answered their questions and taught them and grew them. And the more time we spend with him, the more we become like him, the more we wake up to who we truly are. The presence of God is the treasure of the church. Matthew Gatte, I can't say his last name, Gatte. <laughs> Matthew Gatte came and preached last, earlier this year, last year, and he said the presence of God is the treasure of the church. And it really is. And so he calls them first to be with him, and the importance of this is for us not to rush away from this point, to not rush away from the, the, yeah, that's cool, now let me go out and do the stuff. And it's like, Jesus only ever did what he saw the Father do. Even Jesus only ever spoke what the Father spoke to him. Jesus waited on his Father and, and lived in beautiful fellowship and relationship with him. And it was from that place of presence and relationship and security that Jesus went on and did the things that he did. So Jesus calls them to be with him and he sends them out with his authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to tell the good news and to preach the gospel. Let's look at Mark 16, verse 15 to 18. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, and they will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. And in Matthew 28, 19, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus calls them to be with him and then sends them out and says, I'm with you as you go. We don't sort of rest in God's presence and then run off and leave him behind. We take and we go with him and he goes with us as he sends us. The treasure of the church is the presence of God. 
and we encounter his presence in our own walk, but we also encounter him corporately when we come together. There's like a different dimension we encounter of him being with us when we worship together. It was great to worship together in song this morning and to just encounter him together and, and to hear his word. You know, he inhabits our praise and he comes and he sits on the thrones of our hearts and he inhabits our praise when we worship him together. And that's why encounter for us as a church is so important. It's so, so important for us to come together and experience him because there is where we, we are filled by him. We grow more in passionate love with him. And um, Mike Bickle says this about um, lovers and servants. And he says, do that to find it. <laughs> there are lovers and there are workers. And lovers get more done than the workers do. Passionate lovers always outperform good servants. There's a place that we can act from our own accord of trying to prove a point, or there's a place we can come from which is solely being with our Father and dwelling with Him the way we're always meant to be. And from that place, we find ourselves on this road to adventure, fulfilling all that He's called us to do. And He's with us by His Holy Spirit. When um, Peter, who had denied Jesus before, scared, now filled with the Holy Spirit after the day of Pentecost, and he's, he's, he's defending the gospel and he stands up and he defends it. And, and they say um, in Acts 4.13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. The presence of Jesus makes the difference. The presence of God is what we have to offer to the world. If I just go out and offer my intelligence and my knowledge, there's only so much. The presence of God in and with me is what I have to offer to the world around me. It's what I have to offer to bring change. And we know that we can be fully confident when God says something, when God tells us to go, because his word is creative. So when he says, go and preach the gospel, go and heal the sick, we can trust that because God has said it, so he's going to do it. When he said, let there be light, there was light. People start running around and trying to make light happen. It's like, let there be light, there was light. And when God um, called Abraham, amazing adventure, in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 to 3, The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. Again, emphasis on what God's going to do after um, Abram obeys. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And verse 4 tells us, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Because God said so, Abram went in the confidence in knowing that God would perform what he said he would do. We moved, so Dami and myself moved to Mostyn about two and a half years ago. Now, prior to this, having no knowledge of North Manchester whatsoever, I'd never ever ventured across the other side of the Mancunian Way, only ever so often when my mum decided there was a particular shop that happened to be somewhere, you know, and we needed to go there for one reason or another. But I could never sort of tell you, oh yeah, I went to, I don't know, I went to Harpeh, or I went to Moston, or I went to Chatterton. I couldn't tell you, I had no bearing whatsoever for um, North Manchester. And then... Um, 
it, it, we were looking for a house, and, and, and that was a miracle in itself, and we got the house. And one of our friends sort of was, oh, have you, have you checked out? You know, there was a big signpost, and we checked it out, and eventually we ended up living in Moston, which is like, okay, we're in Moston now. And as soon as we, we moved there, we used to drive around, and we used to, we used to joke with each other in the car. So, oh, imagine if we, King's Church, decided to plant a church in North Manchester. Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we would joke about it, and then we'd be like, oh, yeah, and then, oh, look at that building over there. Maybe we'd be in there, and Dave and Philippa could lead it, because, you know, they live in Prestwich. Like, but I think they did that before, so they might not do that again. But we're not, you know, and we used to joke about it. Um, but something, God, the Holy Spirit started to, to stir something in my heart. And, and the more we as a church began to speak about how we're going to work out this vision of making Jesus famous across Greater Manchester and Salford, it became more and more apparent that this whole site planting thing was happening, that this is the way it's going to go. I thought, great, fantastic, this is good, God, you know, we're going to plant sites, it's going to be like those people who, you know, churches all over, and um, yeah, so now who's going to go? And I was like, excited, like, can't wait to see who goes, like, God bless them as they go. <laughs> These people are amazing, and you know, I'd be, I'd be sat there thinking, I just can't wait to see the people who, who are so keen and want to wanna lay it all down and even move house and, you know, change jobs just so they can be sent by God. And those, those really keen ones, you know, the keen, keen ones, those are the ones that are going to go. And I was waiting to see these guys because I'm just, just pray for them. Just bless you guys from a distance. Um, but yeah, and the more and more I thought that, the more I began to realize um, as much as I am ahead wanted, this is me being really honest, as much as in my head wanted to completely own this site planting that God was calling us to, which I knew that God was calling us to do this, I just couldn't. I was like, God, I know this is what you want us to do, but I'm petrified. I can't grasp the thought of leaving what I'm so used to and, and what I know and what I'm comfortable with and, and all these friends that I've made and this site that we have. And, I'm just scared. If I'm really honest, God, I'm just scared. And I'm scared to the point that I don't want you to speak to me. So I'm going to harden my heart so I don't hear you say go. Because I don't want to go. And I did. And, and I knew that was wrong. I did. And I was like, okay, you know, you're Lord over my life. And, and there should never come a point where I've hardened my heart so much that I don't even want to hear you say something. So help me. And I took all that fear and all that worry and anxiety and just went to God and said, here you go, this is how I feel about this, help me. And sure enough, God took me on this journey and broke up the fallow ground of my heart and took me on this journey of realizing and being okay with it. And you know, it's okay. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be honest with God and say, do you know what, this is where I'm at. He's not afraid of that. I went with all that I had, and God said, that's fine. This is where you're at. Now let's go on a journey. That, for me, took about a year. So about a year of, of, of listening to God, allowing him to, to, to give me his passion, his desire, um, allowing him to really change me to following in what he wanted us to do. And so now, a year later, I'm super up for it. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready, God, I hear you. And at this point, nothing had happened, though. Nothing, nothing had happened at all. So then, as the leadership team began to speak more and more and decided North Manchester, South Manchester was the way to go. And at this point, it was like, yep, 
No, no second thoughts. There's nothing else for me to think about. God said it, and so we're going to go. And that was my personal journey of how we got to where we are now. And, and God really did lovingly take me in on this journey with him. And it's just so amazing, you know, that we don't have to rely on our own strength. We don't have to rely on how clever we are. We don't have to rely on, you know, what we can conjure up or even the brand name of King's Church or, or as amazing as we are. But we can rely on the fact that when God says something, he's going to perform. If God is stirring in your heart to do something new, to step out, whether it's to move to a new site or whether it's to stay in this site but be more committed, whether it's to take more of a, a more ground in your workplace or to speak to that person who no one speaks to, to pray for someone for the first time, whatever it is God is calling us to do, we can know that if he says to do something, he empowers us to do it and he goes with us. His presence always goes with us and we can know his love and his fellowship as we partner with him in doing what he made us to do. We have to live our lives fully us so we can tell the stories only we can tell. And when we open up our lives to Holy Spirit, he'll work that through us and he'll show us absolutely amazing things. And so, like, again, the word that came a few weeks ago, um, to go back to our first love, don't complicate things, let's keep it simple. The more that we, that we love him and allow his love to pour into our hearts, the more time we spend with him and in his presence, the more we find who we are, the more we find out his will for our life, the more he changes and molds us, and we can allow him to take us on this adventure to go and be sent wherever it is that he sends us to go. We can go with our fear and our emotions and trust that he's big enough, strong enough, and loving enough to take us from where we are and to move us to where he wants us to be. And just, um, you know, really excited about um, moving into North Manchester, 15th of, of January. We will have an information afternoon tomorrow at half 12 on the middle floor hall. Regardless of where you're at, even if you just want to come and have a nosy, do come. Let's pray together. Let's seek God and um, let's see what he's saying to us. And the same with the South Manchester plant. Keep your eyes open. Keep our hearts soft because we are a people who are led by the spirit of God. He will take us into so much more than we ever, ever imagined. And he will empower us and give us the courage to do so. Amen.